Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Come on, our Gold Digger series starting off in the Ralston Arena. How many of you guys excited for what God is going to speak to you during this series? God has a word for you this morning. You have a choice whether to receive it or to throw it on the ground. And this is how I talk to everyone. I say, when, when God's speaking, you always got to open up your hands to receive, open up your ears to hear, and open up your eyes to see. Because God's moving all around you. It's just a question if you're going to get in the flow or not. You got to choose today. God, I want what you have for me this morning. I believe God has a word for each and every person this morning because money's a hot topic. Everyone thinks about money. We spend a third of our lives trying to accumulate it, right? Go to work eight to five. We go to work just, to, and we're always about, hey, how can I get more? How can I, how can I leverage or find more? How can I equip myself to get more? Learning more to, to be better at my job. We're all about money, right? How great of a series to start off our new location than to talk about something that is so pivotal in our lives. And what I'm looking at here is that this is a great group of people here today, um, but I'm not a seminar host. This isn't six steps to how to become a millionaire in six months. Although I do believe that there are people here that have God dreams, God visions, God desires, and things that God has put in their heart that can get them there. I believe that there are people that on the other side of risk, doing what God has asked them to do, will open up doors to make what they thought was impossible possible. Sometimes to know that you can walk on water, you gotta step out of the boat. And my question to you is, this isn't a part of the message, but what has God asked you to do that you've been hesitant to because you've been scared to step out of the boat? I believe that God will support you. I believe that he will sustain you. I do believe that uh, he does even make up for our dumb decisions too and the things where we screw up. But sometimes it's those dumb decisions that God actually uses to create a foundation that he can build something on because there's nothing like a school of hard knocks, right? Right, hey, we're jumping into our Gold Digger series. How many of you guys brought your Bible this morning? Lift it up in the air. Lift it up in the air like you just don't care. If it's on your phone, lift it up too. It's important to bring your Bible to church. I brought my Bible to church. Thank you, Dylan. About to tip that over there. They warned me about that. They said, if you step on that, it's gonna tip over and I about made it happen. I said, it'd be funny if it does. I'd give everyone a nice little laugh. It's important to bring your Bible to church. It's important to read your Bible. There's nothing, this Bible here, I mean, it just has a cover on it, but the reason why I have the cover on it because the binding's wearing out and I don't want it to fall apart. But uh, everyone wants to hear the voice of God, but not many people want to read what he's already said. If you want to hear the voice of God, it starts by getting in his word. Read what he's already said. God wants to be with you today, and this is how I do it. Every time before I read my Bible, I open it up. I have a Bible reading plan, which is free on the YouVersion app. It's a free Bible on your phone. You can download, and you can have many different translations. You can pull up a, 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 a reading plan. And what I do before I start my Bible, I just say these words. I say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. And help me to see you today as I read your word. That I know you wrote this not, 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 not to me, but for me. And I know that you're speaking to me. So right now, God, I just ask that you speak to me. And sometimes it's a really simple prayer. Sometimes it's a longer prayer like that. But it's important to read your Bible. We're going to be opening up to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 24. These are the words of Jesus. How many know that when Jesus talks, we should probably listen, right? 
It, same when the disciples talk and the apostles talk, if it's in the word, it probably should be applied to our lives. Uh, to be not just hearers of the word, but doer also. Sometimes it's just one page applied is better than 100 pages known. So you gotta look through the Bible and find out, God, what are you speaking to me? What do you want? Because the Bible can speak a thousand messages through one passage. And it is my prayer and my hope that as I read this verse, that the Holy Spirit will bring stuff to you. The Bible says that he is our teacher, that he, he speaks to us and he walks with us. There will be one behind you saying, don't go to the right or to the left, but this is the way, now walk in it. And that's what I pray right now. We're gonna open up to Matthew chapter six, verse 24. And we're gonna be reading out of the NIV, the NIV. And uh, starting on verse 24, it says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? Why do you worry about the Gucci belt and the shirt and how the lilies of the field grow? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So this is what Jesus says. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. That's what I would underline today. That's the main thing we're going to be talking about. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In our first week of our Gold Digger series, we're going to be talking about this topic or this thought, buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse. Are you guys excited for the word of God this morning? Hey, let's pray today. God, I thank you for your word. It is true. It is sharper than a double-edged sword to divide bone and marrow. So right now, God, I pray that you would speak through your servant. Anoint my lips to speak. God, as your word does not return void, I pray that the word that I communicate would not return void, but it'll accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. God, I pray that you'd open our eyes to see you, open our ears to hear you. God, for the word that you have for us this morning. So right now, church, just open up your hands and say these words after me. Say, dear Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the word of God this morning. You guys excited to be in church today? I got a great word for you today, and uh, I feel like God's going to really speak to you. Um, but how many of you guys ever regret buying something? Yeah? I'd say almost every hand goes up. I bought a guitar once, and I know how to play it, actually. So I want to share for you... Uh, 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 something that I learned here. I bought it about five years ago. Let me see if you can guess this song here. Uh, it's 
Sadness can never last. Wake me up when September ends. That was my intention when I bought the guitar. About five years ago, I talked to my brother. He's one of the, he sings at Southridge Church and uh, plays guitar, plays several different instruments. I go up to my brother, Andrew. I go, Andrew, you know how to play the guitar. Help me to find the best guitar for me. So we get in the car. We go to the, the guitar center over there by Oakview Mall. And uh, we get out and go, Andrew, I want the best guitar money can buy. And he says that you could get pretty expensive if you want the most expensive guitar, the best one you could buy. But how about this cheap one? I go, Andrew, that's only like 100 bucks. Like, I don't want like the cheap guitar that I'll end up having to buy a new one because I'm going to learn everything there is about guitar. And it's going to have some wear and tear, so it's got to be able to be a good guitar. So we found a middle-of-the-road one. I call it middle-of-the-road. It's probably more on the cheaper end. But it's a Fender acoustic guitar. I don't know what brand it is. It's, 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 it's a Fender black guitar. And so I, I, got, I got the works, man. I got, I got the guitar. I got the electric tuner because I was going all in on this. I was going to learn how to play the guitar. I started lessons that week because how many know today is the day to make a change? I'm not going to procrastinate. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it now. Why wait until tomorrow if I can do it today? And uh, I got lessons that week. The next week, I got lessons. First week, I got lessons from my brother, Andrew. The next week, I got lessons from someone else because uh, I didn't really understand how he was teaching me. And uh, it was just a passive-aggressive way of saying, uh, hey, I know you're busy and stuff, so I'm going to find someone else to be able to teach me. And then by the third week, it was in my basement. I, uh, I stopped playing the guitar. And uh, it hadn't came out of my basement until last night. And I cleaned it off. You can still see some of the dust on it. And uh, I definitely have buyer's remorse. This ended up being a $350 guitar with all the other stuff added on top of it. It came about 425 bucks. I bought out of a motivation to be able to learn something. And within a month, I wasn't using it as all, at all. Let's talk about buyer's remorse. Now, this is a small buyer's remorse, but I feel sorry for the people that bought that first Tesla that came out. <laughs> that Model S Put something in perspective, that Model S was about $77,000. And uh, back then, Tesla stock was about $12 a share. And so if you would have put that same amount of money, $77,000, rather than buying a car, but you would have bought Tesla stock, you would have about 11,450 shares worth of Tesla. And that 77,000 in the span of nine years would have turned to $7.5 million. I mean, talk about buyer's remorse. <laughs> and that car is only worth like 30000 now. And there's a buyer's remorse for life, too. Is there a buyer's remorse for life? That's what I want to talk to you today. The buyer's remorse for life. Because we can be trying to get something our entire lives, only get to the end and realize that it was something I didn't really want. Because it gives the illusion that, you know, how many of you guys, you, you didn't know that I didn't know how to play guitar. I mean, how many of you guys actually thought I could do it? Some of the people that know me were like, <laughs> oh, he's putting on the guitar. You've seen, I've, I've played the piano before a few times. I know how to play the piano, but I don't know how to play the guitar. All I know is Doug and Carrie, Doug and Carrie, Doug and Carrie. That's, that's all I know off the guitar. But you didn't know I didn't know how to play. Because I can give the illusion that I know how to use something. I can give the illusion that I have it all together, but I was missing the skill to actually perform it. Can I tell you that there's people in life that look like they have it all together, 
the nice house, the nice car, the nice job, the nice everything, but they don't have purpose. Because you can spend your whole life chasing purpose, chasing paper, but never find purpose. Because paper will never fulfill your purpose. A wise man once spoke to me one time. He said, Eli, watch your time wisely. Use the money that you have, not for possessions, but understand that you are trading your time for that possession. You are trading your time for that product. So if you have a, a pair of shoes that cost $100 and you make $20 an hour, that did not cost you $100 for that pair of shoes. It cost you five hours of your life. Now, that doesn't mean that you pay the, the lawn mowing company $50 to mow your lawn so that you can sit in your house and watch Netflix because you're exchanging money for time. It doesn't mean that. What it means is that I understand that it's not just money I'm buying. I'm sacrificing something called time. How many of you wish you could buy more time? I wish I could buy more time. Time is the one thing that is priceless. You can't buy more time. But what we do is we sacrifice something that is priceless for paper so that we can purchase a product that is tangible. So we sacrifice something that is intangible, time, to get something that is tangible, paper, to purchase something that is tangible, product, in an effort to attain something intangible, purpose. Let me say that again. So we spend our time, that is priceless, to get something called paper, money, crypto, whatever you wanna be, the Dogecoin, to the moon. <laughs> To get something that is tangible, why? So that we can get something else that is tangible. Money can't buy stuff that's intangible. It can't, but put to the right use, it can make an eternal impact. That's a deeper teaching. So we're looking at something that is tangible to get something that we all pursue and we all desire and we all want, and that's purpose. And what we find is that we get caught in this perpetual motion, this, this idea where I get up, to, to go to work so that I can afford everything that I want, everything that I need. And this is called the rat race. How many of you guys have heard that term before, the rat race? Some good books to be able to read, they talk about it and be able to say, how do you get out of the rat race in life? You know, I think there is some good disciplines that develop from the rat race, that develop, hey, I'm gonna be responsible. But this is what I see happen is that when you get out of high school, you get a job. And it's usually your parents say, get a job! Get a haircut and get a real job. That was for all my uh, 1980s songs right there. You guys are so funny. Thank you for the sympathy laughs. But it's called the rat race. And what we do is we get up in the morning to go to work to get money. Why do we need the money? To pay for the house that we're sleeping in. But to get to work, I gotta have a car. So I gotta be able to pay to get a car, whether that be $400 a month for a lease, $200 a month for a lease, or if you bought it, hey, great for you, good for you. But if you're leasing the car, you look at the more expensive car I have, the more I have to work, the more money I have to make to take care of the car that I have, the more I have to make to take care of the house that I stay in. So I get up, use the car that I'm paying for, so I go to work to pay for the car that I use to get to work, to pay for the house that I'm hardly ever in because I'm at work all the time. That's the rat race, and it goes around and around and around. And what you find is the more expensive car that you have, the more money you need to make at work. The more money that you make at work, the more expensive house that you get. The more expensive house that you get, the more money you need to make at work. So you need to get a car to get you over to work. But now that I'm making more money and I have the expensive house, I'm gonna get a more expensive car, and you go around and around and around. When does it end? See, we're all chasing something. We are all chasing something in life. We all are chasing purpose. 
We just pursue it differently. We're all chasing purpose. Deep down in our lives, there is something that is lacking that we all want to obtain. We just chase it a different way. How do we get this purpose? How do we get this? I know plenty of people that they can have a whole lot of money, but still be lonely on the inside. I know people that have a lot of money that they waste a lot of money. I know people that have a little amount of money and they're able to utilize a little amount of money. Can I tell you that you can have everything in life but still miss what really matters? You can have everything but still miss what really matters. I remember this story, this lady I heard on the radio, she was flying everywhere, first class, to the point that she would get a bottle, a, a bottle, maybe a bottle of champagne. She'd get a glass of champagne. Every airplane that she got on, the captain would write her a handwritten note she said, she, I was in the air all the time. She was about 25, and she was right, flying first class all the time. And she's posting on Instagram all these vacations she's having, all these places that she's going to. She gets to Hawaii, posting on Instagram, hey, I'm eating at this nice restaurant. She put down the phone, and she, had, she said, I had an epiphany. I was alone. And I was missing something. I had all the money. I had what everyone desires, you know, trip, vacation, uh, travel the world, money to get whatever I wanted, but I was still missing something. Because you can have everything, you can have it all and look like you play the part, but still miss the skill to live it to its fullest potential. You can look like you have it all together, and this is why Jesus is talking in Matthew chapter six, and we pick up in Matthew chapter six, verse 33, it says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. All these things, what does that mean? All these things, all these money? Was he talking about money? No, he's saying, do not worry about what you'll eat, what you'll wear, what you'll drink, for the pagans runs after these things. But God who takes care of the, the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, will he not much take care of you who are much more valuable than those? And he says, oh, you of little faith. So Jesus is just saying, hey, have a perspective here. If you spend your whole life pursuing something rather than me and my righteousness, You'll miss out on what really matters. But if you seek me in my righteousness, all these things will be given to you. Understand today that God doesn't have a problem with paper. He just wants your priority. God doesn't have a problem with how much you make. God doesn't have a problem with how little you make. He just wants to be first in your life. And one of the best ways we can show, God that, show that God is first is how we treat the coin. How we treat the paper. What good is it to have the job of your dreams if you're away from your family 90% of the time? Oh, I have the dream job. You know, what's it require? Well, it requires me to, to, to fly around the world. Um, I'm gone seven days out of the week. I'm usually here two days out of, the, out of the month. But I'm providing for my family, and I'm caring for my family. But what do your kids want more? Do they want a product, or do they want your presence? And what I found out is that kids and family and marriages care more about the person than the thing that that person can bring. Ask yourself this, what matters more, the product or my presence? Now I understand the tension. I understand the tension of I wanna be able to be a good provider and there's a true tension there. God, I feel like you want me to do this, this and this. I feel like you've opened up a door for me to travel this. What I'm saying is that put God first. Put God first in those decisions. It can be hard. And I pray for you, I pray that you're able to make those decisions right, I pray that you're full of wisdom, but don't get so drowned up, drowned up in getting something that is tangible that you miss what really matters. Because what I find is that we, we search for things that we think matter in life. 
And what we do is we sacrifice our tomorrow for what we want today. And we go through life and we see products that we want. We see things that we want. We think, well, I'll just take it out of my credit card. I'll pay it off later. How many of you guys done that? I've done that. I bought my wife a ring once. It wasn't a cheap ring at all. It was an expensive ring. <laughs> What'd you say? She's like, I think so. It was expensive. It was, a real, it was a real diamond, one of those Hellsberg diamonds. And they say this, hey, take it out on the credit card. You don't have to pay any interest on the ring. But anything else that gets put on it, this is the interest rate for it. Hey, sounds like a deal for me. You know, I don't have to, I can just pay it off in time. I think I ended up paying it off in like, what, like six months because I didn't like the, the credit card statement every month. But it's a tempting thing to think that I can spend some money today and not have to pay it off until later. But I want to be able to express to you that there, there's, there's a trap on the other side of that. And you actually end up sacrificing your tomorrow for what you want today. The average American is $6,000 in debt. Maybe you're more, maybe you're less. If you're less, you're like, hey, good, that's not me. I'm not speaking to something that is actually physical, an example. I'm speaking to a mindset. There's a mindset that sacrifices tomorrow for what we want today. And I want to give you an example. So the average American is $6,000 in debt. The typical interest rate to be able to pay off, you only have to pay down 2% for your minimum payment. That's roughly $120 a month. At an 18% interest rate, gives you 30 years in bondage to that $6,000 and $21,000 later. So what originally was $6,000 is now $21,000. And we wonder why we can't get ahead in life. Because we are a slave to our debt. And I want to bring another example. Everyone likes TVs in here, right? The new TV now, the 8, 8K TV, the 8K virtual reality. You know, you wear the Oculus goggles and you can watch it on 8K TV. Everyone wants a new TV. And we usually want to get the bigger one that's way too big for our room. Uh, it's about 400 square feet, but I have a screen. It's like, this is my living room and this is my TV. What's going on over there? Interception, yeah. <laughs> But usually you can get a good TV for about $1,000. So let's put this in perspective. You have a $1,000 TV, 2% interest payment, $20 a month. It would take $2,400 to pay it off and 12.5 years in bondage. So if that TV was 12 years ago, you bought that TV for $1,000. TVs are the same price, by the way. No matter how much further you get along in life, they're the same. You know what was 12 years ago? Standard def. Standard definition TV, I'm talking like the 720p, 480p even. And you can spend $1,000, you would still be paying off that piece of crap. <laughs> that right now, you have to pay people to take it. It was those big box TVs, they were selling those 12 years ago. Those big old TVs, and now you have to go to the dump and pay them $5 to get it off your hands. And you need like four dudes because these things are like a brick. That was 12.5 years ago we were watching Standard Def TV. 12.5 years from now, what do you have? What is it going to be worth? That you'll be paying off tomorrow and then you'll be regretting that purchase. You'll have some buyer's remorse 12 years ago. What I don't want you to have is have buyer's remorse for life. And understand this, that as we are in debt, we become either a slave to one or the other. We either serve debt or we serve God. And this is what it does. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. We read this. Jesus says this. No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and 
money. Now, this word money is the word mammon. Mammon within the Bible. Mammon is this, this place of, 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 of financial, financial mindset where I look at something that this is my provider. Anyone ever been in a hard place where they just needed money right here, right now? I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. I don't know how this is going to come through. I just need money right here, right now. So you, you, you be a person that prays when you need money and you know you don't have money to pay for your rent, your car, your gas. That's a person that knows how to pray. But what I, what I realize is that the moment you get something, what is your response? Everyone knows that day you get that check. You know, hey, I get paid every other week, so I get a $1,000 check or I get a $2,000 check. I'm on cloud nine. I don't need to pray anymore because the moment that you find your trust in money, you don't need God. So you will pray, you will pray for God's blessing, but the moment that you get it, you turn your back on God and say, God, I don't need you, money's my provider. God, I, I know I was praying, but you know what? Hey, I'm good now, I got $2,000, I bought a new TV, I bought this, I, got, I paid for a guy to mow my lawn while I watched Netflix. God, I need you to show up in my life, it's so hard, I can't afford all this stuff, I'm working hard, and hey, paycheck, nice. Going back to what fed me before. That's that love of money. That money is my provider. And what I find is that when people are living in debt, understand this, that debt causes us to be a slave to money. It causes us to be a slave to money. Although this isn't a debt seminar or 10 steps to get out of debt, we have those available, by the way. If you're in debt and you need help, talk to a leader, talk to someone within the church. We can help walk you and give you good steps to get out of that, help you design a budget, help you to see all of that. It's a real issue. But if I'm a slave to debt, I can't ever live in freedom to be able to be generous to people around me because I'm a slave to what I owe. What I'm saying is that this isn't a debt seminar. This is about what are you chasing? What are you chasing? I've chased a lot of things before. I've chased down people too. We had a fireworks tent this last 4th of July, and uh, it's a good way to add towards our vision builders. You know, it's a good uh, team that went above and beyond. We do fireworks tents down in Lincoln. And uh, I was talking to some friends at that moment. I turn, uh, turn around, and I see these two young guys running off, full head sprint. And I'm like, oh, that's odd. Why are they running? Why are they running? I look back, and uh, one of my friends looks at me, and she goes, they just stole something. And I look again, and I see them running with this big old black firework that they're running off with. And at that moment, about 10 things went through my head within a split second. Do I chase them? Why did they steal the firework? How much was that firework worth? Is it worth the time to run after them? I'm fast. I could catch them. But I may be in disbelief. They're pretty fast. But they're getting to their car. I could go to my car, and then I could chase them. Yeah, then it could be like, you know, cops and... And, you know, I could be chasing them down and stuff. But if they go through a stop sign, am I willing to run a stop sign? Yeah. <laughs> if they go through a red light, am I willing to go through a red light? Yeah. What do I do if I catch them? We'll figure that out when it happens. <laughs> so I looked at them one more time, and I went, I started walking towards my car. I was watching them the whole time. And once I got out of the tent, I booked it. <laughs> I booked it to my car, and everyone would be a testament. And he took off running. He peeled out. These two cars were flying down the road, and I came out, and I turned through a stop sign, went right through it, and I didn't know, but you can drift in a front-wheel drive Honda Civic. <laughs> Thank you, Need for Speed. Taught me a lot in life. So I Tokyo drifted it around the corner, 
and they were about, they were going about 55 miles an hour, maybe a quarter mile ahead, and I flew. I was going about 70 miles, uh, 70 miles an hour, and you could ask, well, this wasn't really a, a smart thing for a lead pastor to do. It's okay, I wasn't commissioned yet. <laughs> I got commissioned as a lead pastor on July 11th, so that was going through my head. Is this something a lead pastor should do? I got caught in the moment. And I ran through a stop sign, and then they came up to a red light. They blew right through the red light, and I thought to myself, do I keep chasing them? Yeah, I'll keep chasing them. So I went through two red lights. Judge me if you want. This is, my, this is me just being honest. And then they split up, and I followed one car, and I came up beside them, and I yelled, like, throw it out. And they're yelling back, we didn't take it. I said, I don't care, throw it out. Said, what am I saying? You know? They said they didn't take it. He's like, do you want us to pull over? I go, yeah, I want you to pull over. So they pull over. And they're yelling out the window, we didn't take it. Come on, come up to the car and, and see what's gonna, and, and take a look. Well, I'm not gonna walk up to a car of some people that just stole stuff, just so you know, that's, that's not smart. But I did have a gun in the car. And that's not smart either. But I thought, hey, what's the worst case scenario that can happen? They drive me into a, a dark alley somewhere, somewhere and they ambush me. Well, at least I got my Glock uh, sitting right there. I know, I know, right? Like, like where are we going, Pastor Eli? Where are we going with this? How's this gonna end? And so I get there and, and they get out of the car, they say we don't have the firework and I go like, well that's fine, let me lecture you. And let me tell you why it's wrong to steal stuff and let me tell you by who your friends are, who you will be in five years, so you shouldn't be hanging around with them and you guys are the ones that got caught because your friends broke the law, so don't hang around with them and you know what, I hope that you feel sick when you light this firework and you feel sick to your stomach because you just lit something that you stole. And then I got in my car and I drove back to the fireworks, but I, I bring all of that up because while I was chasing down people, I didn't know what the end result was gonna be. And a lot of us are chasing paper and we don't know when it ends. Because the more I get, the more I need. What I found out is that the more you want of money, the more you get of money, the more you need. How much is enough? How much money is enough? What are you chasing? And how much of it, when do you know if you get it? When do you obtain it? Is $100,000 a year a lot of money? Is $200,000 a year a lot of money? Some of you are like, I don't know, but I'd like to try. <laughs> 500, a million dollars a year? Some of us, $50,000, when do you get there? Because what I found is that the more you want, once you have what you want, you realize that you want more. I've been saving up money to buy a Jeep, one of those raised, lifted Jeeps, Kevlar paint job. But then the Corvette C8 came out. I was like, I always wanted a mid-engine vehicle. But what I found is now that's changing. What I'm glad is that I'm not sitting with a Jeep that I don't wanna drive or a Corvette that I don't wanna drive because I bought something and now I have buyer's remorse. When is it enough? When is that money enough? Now, I believe that God wants to bless you. I believe that God wants to sustain you. I believe that he wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. But let me ask you this. We're all chasing purpose. But can purchase be, purchase be, purpose be purchased? I really butchered that. <laughs> can purpose be purchased? Can it? I would hate to get to the end and find out. I'd hate to get to the end of my life and realize that I squandered a lot of my time and I didn't value what really mattered. Now I have some money here. 
some hundos. Who wants some money here? More money? More money? Oh, 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 oh! It's on the ground. Money? There you go. Do you want money? There you go. All right, no one else? All right, that's fine. Some of you guys are like, I know where he's going with this. And some of you guys are like, man, I wish you would have given me some. Oh, you didn't raise your hand. Hey, that'll preach. That'll preach. You never opened up your hand. Because sometimes you got to be able to give something away to keep your hand open so that God can pour something in there. That's the deeper teaching. Amen. But you didn't realize this money is fake. But it looks real from a distance. But when you actually have and you hold on to it, it says motion picture use only. This is not legal tender. It is to be used for motion props. Don't spend this money right by, by the way. You'll get in big trouble. It's a, it's a felony. You can't do that. You can't do that. But it's the closer you got to it, you realize that it did not get you what you ultimately wanted. Because it wasn't the fact that you wanted this. You were in love with the idea of what this could bring. It wasn't the fact that you saw the $100. You thought, I wonder what I could do with that. Oh, I could get what I wanted. Man, if I had all those... Because you're ultimately, you're not about the, the money, the crypto, the paper. You're not about that. You're about what it can bring. What would you do if this was real? What would you do with it? What would you do if under your seat was $100? I'm not saying it is. You don't have to look. <laughs> but what would you do? What would you use it for? I gave that to you. What would you use it for? Something you wanted? What if I told you you couldn't use it for yourself? What would come to your mind? I'd take someone out to eat. I'd go take care of someone here. I'd give it to someone I know that needs it. There's a portion in your life where you have to realize that all that I have is God's. That everything that he has given me is his. And he's called me to be a steward of it. I love my kids. I asked Winston. I said, Winston! He's three years old. Gonna be four. Hey! Birthday, everyone wants to grow up until they grow up. Winston, wh how, what's a lot of money to you? And he goes, oh, man, a hundred dollars. Go, a hundred dollars. Okay. I would say, yeah, that's a decent amount of money, but it's not a lot of money. I mean, all of us, we think bigger. We're like, a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. Some people, not a million dollars is a lot of money. Some people, I mean, you've been blessed and you've worked your butt off and you're thinking, no, 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 no. $20 million is a lot of money. Once I get that, that was my goal. $20 million is a lot of money. And some people are like, no, I mean, what would I do with $20 million? He's, his mind is thinking $100. And I'm thinking, I was like, Winston, do you know how much money I have? Now, I've, I've been working construction up until this point and then uh, now, now pastor's salary and all that stuff, you know, that's longer, it doesn't matter. It's the, the, the matter of perspective. Do you know how much money that your dad has? And if I can get you $100 and you use it for the right purpose, do you think I'll give you more? I don't use it. I don't do it to get. That's a different mindset. But I realize that my dad has unlimited resources. And if he's asking me to be faithful with what he's given me, why should I not be? What is enough? Ecclesiastes 5.10 says this. It says, whoever loves money never has enough money. 
Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. Understand this today, that money will get you what you want, but it won't get you what you ultimately desire. It won't get you what you ultimately desire. It'll get you what you want, but we all desire purpose. We all desire meaning. We all desire value. How can we make an impact if all we're doing is getting something that is physical and not eternal? That's why Jesus says in Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Seek first his kingdom and realize that all you have, God has given me everything I need. I'm not gonna forget God. That's all I'm asking today. Don't forget God. Don't in your pursuit of paper forget your purpose and who gave it to you. Don't forget it. I love my dad, my dad's in here, and he, he, when he started his company back in the early 90s, he has a glass company, and he, he wrote, he had this picture that he was framed up right above his office in his Deuteronomy 8, 17, and it says this, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers, as it is today. Remember God in your good times and in your bad, not just your bad. When you're praying for the paycheck and when you get the paycheck. Because understand this today, that gratitude gives permission. Gratitude gives permission. If my kids are coming up to me and they're talking to me and they're saying, Papa, I want this toy. And I say, you know what? I'm gonna get you that toy the next week. Papa, I want this toy. You know what? I bought your toy last week, but I'm gonna still get you another toy. And actually, I'm gonna get you a really nice toy, like a $50 toy. That way, you realize how thankful you are for your Papa who's doing a good job and making you happy. And then a week later, they say, Papa, I want this toy. And I say, you ungrateful little child. And I look at it, I, I think like, but I, I, I just got you something really nice. I'd like it if you were just, if you were thankful for that. Because gratitude gives permission. Gratitude gives you permission. So when you're in your car and you're on your way to work, this is how, this is how I do it, is I, I say, God, thank you for my car that runs so well. Now you may say like, hey, I don't have a car that runs well. Hey, that's okay. You have a car. What do you have that you can be thankful for? What do you have? Because what I found is that if we're not thankful for what we have, we'll always be wanting more and we'll never be thankful for that more. One day when, then I'll be thankful when I actually have what I really want. But what you realize is the moment you get that, you start wanting more. Because when I have the bike, I want the car. And once I have the Honda Civic, well, I want the Jeep. And once I have the Jeep, I look at the Corvette. And once I look at the Corvette, I want the Lamborghini. And once I have the Lamborghini, I look at the plane. Does that make sense? If you don't realize how grateful and how blessed you are, you will never be thankful when that blessing comes. Because you realize that you have already been blessed. America is one of the most prosperous company, countries in the world. Some people live on a dollar a day. When you realize how much you have been blessed, it opens up your hands to be a blessing to others. And when you open up your hands to be a blessing to others, you open up your hands also to receive from God. And sometimes it's not always tangible. Sometimes it's something that kind of talks like purpose. Because you can seek to be satisfied with what you have. 
but you will never be satisfied with what you got because what you got was never meant to satisfy. But understand this today, that purpose does not come from the accumulation of possessions, but in the distribution of blessings. It comes in the distribution of what God has given you. We can stand to your feet. We're closing here this morning. And it is my prayer that whether you feel like you have a lot or you feel like you have a little, that you are thankful for what you have. And that if you feel like God has put in your heart to pursue certain endeavors, to open up certain businesses, to do certain things, get educated, get wisdom, and then go do it. If God has put in your heart, hey, this is the job that I'm serving, this is what I wanna do because I, I value this and it frees me up to be able to do this, which I really feel like matters, then go do that. But be thankful for what God has given you. And this is what God told me to, to tell you this morning. It was 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says this, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain, but they put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. See, God's not, he doesn't hate money. He doesn't hate paper. He wants priority. God doesn't have a problem with money. What is that money being used for? Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. There's a level of satisfaction that God wants to bring us. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life, the purpose that is truly purpose. Not things that are fleeting, not things that will pass away, but the things that really matter. And so this morning, I just want to give an opportunity. If you're in this place and you're saying, Pastor Eli, I've looked at this money and I've said, you know what? I became a servant to money. I've been desiring money more than I've been desiring God. Or I've been using God to get money. Or I've been ungrateful for what God has given me. And everything that I just said right there is me. That's where I've been living. And today I want to say, God, whether you bless me with a lot or bless me with a little, help me to honor you with it. Because it wasn't until the man that saw the one talent, I think the reason why he devalued what he was given is because he saw the person that had 10, the person that had five, and he thought, well, I only have one. But if you realize that in the end, Jesus said, well done, good and faithful to the person that had 10 and the person that had five. What are you doing with what God has given you? That's what matters the most. And so if you're in this place and saying, Pastor Eli, I've been using this for, I've had, I've been seeking money for a different purpose, or I've been, I've been, I, I want to have a right heart this morning. On God's perspective of money, just lift up your hand this morning. Hands all up. God, help me to have your eyes and your right perspective on money. And I want to pray over you this morning. God, I thank you for your church that is honest. God, help us to be good stewards of what you've given us. Help us to be grateful people for everything you have given us our homes, our vehicles, our bikes, our health, God, our mental state, God, everywhere in between, God, the ability to be able to take care of our loved ones that are older, take care of our loved ones that are younger, God, I thank you that they are with us, God, and that we're not missing out on this great opportunity to be able to impart your love into them, God, help us not to take for granted the things that you've given us, but instill in us a grateful heart, so I declare in Jesus' name that a grateful heart is coming your way. 
I pray that God would open up your eyes to see all that he's already done for you. For the food that you have, the home that you sleep in, the apartment that you have, the car that you have, the shoes that you're wearing, the clothes that you're wearing. I pray right now, I declare in Jesus' name, open up their eyes to see, Lord. Open up our eyes to see all that you've done for us and help us to carry a grateful heart. God, and as we carry a grateful heart, God, I pray that you would continue, God, to build your church and build your people in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.